Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are sisters who love to chat and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. We want to share the stories of ordinary people and have some laughs along the way. I'm Delight. I'm the older one. I'm August, and I'm the younger one. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. Hello, and welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. I have Natasha Metzler with me once again, and August is hopefully joining us. She's not here quite yet. Um, We are, have been, this is the third in a series of five where we are talking about infertility, and we are kind of going through a booklet that Tasha wrote called The Christian Woman's Guide to Infertility. And we have kind of, it's broken down, the book itself is broken down into five areas, which we are not necessarily talking about in order, but they are self, marriage, relationships, faith, and heart. So this week we are going to talk about relationships. And one of the big things that we keep saying is just that even though it's infertility is the subject that we are both familiar with, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're kind of talking about it's not it doesn't only apply to people who have experienced infertility specifically because we recognize that we all have loss in places of our life one way or the other and if we haven't experienced that yet we you probably will (laughs) and the fact that God uses difficult things to draw us closer to himself and to teach us about himself and about ourselves and all of that. So, um, we hope that even if you're not somebody who's in the midst of experiencing infertility or has in the past that you will listen anyway, and hopefully learn something at the very least, maybe learn how to relate to people in your life who are going through infertility. So, yeah. Relationships. So yes, relationships. When it comes to infertility, sometimes our relationships can really take a pretty hard hit. I remember when I was a teenager, so this would be long before I had any idea that uh, infertility was going to have anything to do with me personally. I had a friend who's an adult and she was going through infertility at the time and she was telling me about a friend of hers that she didn't really see or talk to anymore. And in the process, she kind of, like it kind of came up of why they weren't as close anymore. And she said, well, you know, she was able to have babies and I wasn't. And that kind of made their friendship kind of fall to the side. And I remember in my, you know, oh, so knowledgeable youth thinking, (laughs) (laughs) I would never do that. Like, oh, I just, I wouldn't ever want to do that. I would want to keep my relationships Well, what I didn't realize until years later when I was actually facing it myself is that it really is a challenge and it's not just as simple as, oh, I'm just not going to do that. Like you, yeah, it takes a little more than that. So, right. It's not just like whether you love each other or not. Right. Right. And there can be so many places where the enemy kind of digs in, honestly, and creates um, places where communication gets interrupted because of the pain that we've experienced. (laughs) And August Dawn has joined us. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. All right, Tasha, continue. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So um, one of the things with relationships that I think is really important kind of as like uh, just to establish and understanding that we need each other within the body of Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There isn't a, hey, you haven't experienced what I've experienced. And so what you have to say doesn't pertain to my life, right? We don't get to do that in the church. We need to learn to listen to each other and to hear where each other's at and also allow people to speak into our lives, even if their life looks very different. And that doesn't mean that obviously, you know, someone may tell you something that isn't right. You test it, you look at it, and if it's not something that applies, you let it go. But there still needs to be that openness to yes. hearing from each other. Yeah, and totally. you know, we're sitting here at this table and I'm thinking about like August, you've had children without any issues infertility wise, right. Right. but you have also spoken into my life so many times. So if your ability to have I kids, have? yes, you have absolutely. Aww, good. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> glad <laughs> but if if we had a, if I had a mentality of the fact that you were able to have babies and I wasn't right. meant that you couldn't tell me things and couldn't correct me or encourage me or anything mm-hmm. I would lose so much mm-hmm. like right. that is just such a vital part of the body and it's that's part of in scripture when it's talking about unity Obviously, God knew when he gave that instruction about being in unity with each other, he knew that we were going to have different life experiences and we were going to have really hard things. And he also knew that sometimes we are really foolish and we say very foolish things, right? Right. Which is is part of this. One of the big... trying to think of what the word is like rifts that come like between divides, maybe. divides is because somebody has made a comment that was un- insensitive or sure. hurtful or right in some way and a yes. lot of times one thing is of course a lot of times people don't do it on purpose mm-hmm. but even right. sometimes they do you know you get angry and you say things that are just really unkind mm-hmm. and in the body we are required to go to someone that we have an issue with and to deal with it and be at peace as much as it depends on us. Of course, this takes two, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's not that you will never have a broken relationship because that does happen because it takes both people. But at the same time to recognize that just because somebody has been insensitive to you or Mm -hmm. to your pain doesn't mean that you get to write off everything that they have to say right so that's kind of like to start out this podcast with like a really big hey guys Mm -hmm. um but this is really essential and it is a hard thing for people especially I know there are women that live in places where they don't have a lot of support and they feel like they only hear the negative and hurtful things, mm. especially from people in the church. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've heard that from people and I want to be sensitive to that, but I also want to speak truth. And the truth is that we, we need the body of Christ and we need to um, figure out how to work through these relationships and be vulnerable right. enough to mm-hmm. tell someone, Hey, you're hurting me. Mm-hmm. And this is a big deal to me. Like when, when you talk that way, it is painful. And mm also recognize that sometimes when we talk certain ways, it's painful for someone else. And so one thing that I, um, this is just an example. I hear this a lot and I feel like a lot of women will recognize. So if you have a friend that has children very easily and maybe has several little ones all at once, that is very, yes, (laughs) like Augie, (laughs) uh, that is very all consuming 
right? You you have very little sleep sometimes, depending on the season or what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you have constant pulling on you and drawing off of your strength all the time, right? Mm-hmm. All these little kids. And so there's an exhaustion that comes with being a young mom, even if you adore your kids, right? You may love them so much, but you're still going to be exhausted. And it is very easy to complain about that, right? Right. And so one struggle that a lot of women with infertility have is that they go to be around their friends and their friends Mm. are complaining about these babies that this woman would give anything to have, Mm -hmm. right? And it can be so painful. And that actually is a place where if we are in a healthy relationship, we should be able to say, hey, Augie, (laughs) when you say that about your kids, that's really hard for me. And also at the same time, I need to recognize this is actually hard for Augie right now, right? right? Like using right. this as an example. Yes. It's it's not fair to say, August, your pain doesn't matter because it's opposite of mine. Right. Right. It is Because it's hard. the kind of pain I wish I had right now. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. And that's that's a really hard thing. But that's one of the places that I feel like the, the biggest um, rift in these relationships can come because of that specific thing. One complaining about the hard thing in their life which is the fulfillment of something somebody else wants right right totally it can be the same thing there's there's lots of other places in relationships that comes up it can be a single person to a married person that you know the married one is struggling with their husband at the time right. and it's just difficult and hard and it is sometimes in marriage like it can be you go through seasons that are like that mm-hmm. um but we have to be able to hear each other right. and we have to be able to be vulnerable with each other about what hurts us but then also be able to listen to what is hurting them. Right. Very uh, essential. And if you are not at that place in your relationships, that's something that needs to be worked at. Yeah. Like I said, specifically within the body of Christ, like we are called to this. We are commanded that this is what God desires from us. And he's not commanding it without Mm -hmm. full knowledge of where we are. So it's not like, oh, he just doesn't understand how this is for me. No, he gets it. He does. I think that that example is so interesting too because I think that can the exact same thing can happen the opposite way Mm -hmm. you know the person without children can be complaining that yes their house is so quiet they don't have this or that where the mom with a bunch of little kids is like how is she complaining that's all I would wish for for a day is a quiet house and a little alone time right you know and i think that and it goes both it goes very much both ways that it could be like we think because it's like we give more um we give more to the person who's like has the the lack of something Mm -hmm. like oh we think in our own selves like oh i'm allowed to have a hard time with this because like, mm-hmm. because this is hard for me, but yeah. And, and the key in there is you are allowed to have a hard time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You also need to hear where the other person is right. and right. why they're having a hard yeah. time. Yeah. And actually, so in my life, I had a very like right at the beginning of my marriage, like I had to figure this out because my, so my closest brother in age to me is my brother, Zach, and him and his wife have six children right now. 
And they, if they have six children already, <laughs> that means that they started having babies and they had babies every couple of years throughout their, they just have been married 13 right. years now. Right. So like there they right. went one they after married, another. And they got married a little after you. Even, right. Right. You were right. married first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a few months, but yeah, it was, right. it was there. And so I had to figure out, I know I was very close to my brother and I didn't know his wife very well when they got married, but I had to decide if this was going to be like we were going to continue having a close relationship or if I was going to back away. Right. And I'm so thankful. I'm going to just say right now, it was hard some days. It was. She was 100% overwhelmed when, especially her four oldest ones, when they were all little, she was super overwhelmed and didn't feel like she could mother well. And just just because she was exhausted, honestly. Looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, she just needed a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I had to either work at that relationship or lose it. Right. It it was that simple. And I am so thankful that even on the days that I went home crying because I wanted a baby so bad that I maintained that relationship because it has been one of the biggest blessings in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so much the Lord has done in me and used her to encourage me in. Honestly, she is like now, well, even when I, when I adopted our oldest daughter, um, we, she was eight years old at the time, but we, you know, like it was like this big ordeal. We were adopting. It was super exciting. It wasn't a baby, but it was our baby, you know? Totally. (laughs) And my sister-in-law, Marsha, I kid you not, she had, she clothed my child all the way through because I don't like shopping and Marsha loves to. And she like constantly would be coming and be like, I got a new outfit for her. I got this. And, and my daughter loved that, mind you. Like it was just this huge, like special thing in our family that I Aunt Marsha would show up with clothes and Lizzie would be so excited. Right. <laughs> and I just think about like, oh my goodness, if, if we had not been able to work through those hard things, we could have not had that. Yep. And so just, I guess, just an encouragement. Like, mm-hmm. it is really hard. Sometimes it is so worth working through hard things with relationships and not allowing the enemy to get a foothold that isolates you and isolates them. Like, yeah. Right. Yep. Okay, I have a question as like a, as somebody kind of looking looking in, mm-hmm. how do you... How do you be sensitive, but at the same time be real? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, because I don't want, like, I wouldn't just come to somebody and just be complaining all the time about, because because I try to be aware of it. I mean, maybe right. I do. I don't think so. But No, I don't think um, so. <laughs> but, like, also, I don't think that Delight would want me to, to or, you know, like, or someone that hasn't been able to have children biologically, I don't think that she would want me to completely be lying either and be like, oh, this is always so great or whatever. So how do you like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like how would you want to receive someone like that? Like the, I, yeah, I don't think that the complaint, I, I think that I would want to be sensitive, right. but be real at the same time. So how do I do that? So. <laughs> Honestly, I would say that in scripture, when it talks about rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn, like that's actually the key to navigating that part of relationships when there's a a vast difference. Mm -hmm. So like, 
for you, August, and this is actually a place that I do feel like you've done very, very well. And it may be because you've had close enough people dealing with infertility who have spoken up, <laughs> right? That you've you've mm-hmm. been hearing this before you even had children. Yeah. You were aware that this was a thing. Some people are not aware. Right. So we need to give lots of grace for people that don't know. Right. Totally. right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But I would say for you, like, I absolutely always had the impression from you in our relationship that if I was having a hard day and was crying because I couldn't have children, you would be like crying with me, like praying that the Lord would bless me. Like you mm-hmm. would absolutely be walking into that sorrow with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I hope that I also displayed to you that if things were hard or if you were just so excited, I mean, every time that you've been expecting to me, it's super exciting. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I want to rejoice with you yeah. in that part. And I also want to hear and recognize like if someone's saying like there's been times that you've said like aliens really being difficult today or right. whatever, you know, like one of your yes. children is just having a harder time or a harder totally. season. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to hear that. And in that case, I guess it's not mourning necessarily, but like just hearing and recognizing, hey, that's hard. Right. And saying, hey, that's hard doesn't mean that I don't want that hard because I sure do. And I want (laughs) that hard too, obviously. And I wanted that hard. Right. You know, like I asked for that hard. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But just learning to walk alongside each other in whatever place that we're at is so important and so vital. Mm -hmm. And I would say like in my relationship with you, that's really great. There's been other ones that I have not always done as good in. Maybe the person was more complaining or maybe I didn't see exactly what was so hard for them. And maybe they didn't see exactly what was so hard for me. Right. Like, right. And so there, I'm not saying that every relationship is going to be like super close buddy, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But yeah, at the same totally. time that we can, like I said, give grace to people who may not grasp or understand, um, yeah. be willing to be vulnerable with them. Uh, this actually a long time ago, I wrote a blog post where I was talking. It was probably one of the first posts that I wrote for somebody else. It was on Kinder Grace about infertility. Okay. And one of the things that I shared there was that in relationships, I don't need to tell everybody that I'm going through infertility on one hand, right? It's not Mm -hmm. like you have to stand up in church and announce like, hey, we're going through infertility and I'm having a hard time, right? You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. However, if you are going to church every Sunday and crying in the bathroom the entire time because nobody knows that you are struggling and you have not been vulnerable enough to share with someone and make sure Mm -hmm. that people have the chance and the opportunity to mourn with you and walk with you, then maybe you do need to. It's kind of on you. Right. <laughs> right. Like there, you might actually need to say, hey, guys, I'm having a hard time. And th- to not do that may be because of pride. And that right. may be something you need to deal with. Right. So that's that's just kind of out there. Like there's not a, oh, you have to do it this way by any means. Mm-hmm. Some people are more private than others just in general. Um, you may go to a church where something would be a possibility or not, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what your church body is like. But keeping keeping that as like a secret part of your life, or not, not even secret, but like a closed off part of your life is more. Right. While you're also being wounded by people in the church continually, right. like something has to give and you have to, you need to find a way to be vulnerable enough to allow people to walk with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think like people 
people want relationship. And so some of the things that at times can be very hurtful, like it's easy to see it as, as something that's hurtful, but actually a lot of times the people are just trying to have relationship with you. That's why they're saying those things. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of, for myself, I sort of looked at it as opportunity to, um, educate, I guess, you know, like, and that's not always, that doesn't need to be done with every person. You don't have to take that responsibility on to teach every person how Mm -hmm. to relate. But there are like, when it comes to people that you're going to talk to often or that you're in relation, you're in relationship with, or you have, you have the brain space to do that that Mm -hmm. day. But I think it's still important to do that with a kind you know, a kind heart, a kind thing. I mean, there's so many people, people say things and we could say people should just never say anything, but like that doesn't work for a relationship. No, not if you're, yeah, that's fine. Maybe that's like, I feel like in the world these days, it's sort of that mentality. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what, if people would just keep their mouth shut and you know, that would be better. But actually like in the kingdom, like that's Mm -hmm. not the way that God set it up. And so the person who is asking you, well, when are you going to have kids? Mm -hmm. Well, like, you know, I had that happen to me so many times and I had to first recognize, Mm -hmm. I had to first recognize they're not actually trying to be nosy Mm because that's kind of what you can, if, if that's offensive. So if I was having a hard time and so someone would ask me that and that was offensive to me, like it's easy to, to, like take offense, right? which recently, this is a side thing. It might've been on another podcast, but they were talking about, I think like that offense is only taken, like mm-hmm. not given. Mm-hmm. And like, it's always our choice. Side right. note. It's always our choice, whether <laughs> we want to take offense or not. And totally. we may be at a place like mentally and emotionally where we can handle things better someday than totally. another day. And that's like very true for us. Yes. But it doesn't have to be perfect every time. Right. Exactly. So yes. So first, like I feel like the first step as the person struggling and this could go in lots of different areas, I think like is to realize is to assume the best about the other person. Right. Because they probably are not just being nosy. And even if they are, a lot of times I think there's a, there's a foundation of like, oh, I'm interested in you. Like, right. It's not for like, because I want to have this gossip fodder, <laughs> but really right. actually because they're trying to have relationship. Cause the right. truth is if nobody asked you anything, you would also maybe feel that that's because they didn't care about you. Right. <laughs> right. And yep. so mm-hmm. giving, giving space for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of went through seasons of that. Like, I feel like there was a season where my response was could have easily at times been a little bit snarky Mm -hmm. you know like and have kind of a pithy answer like Mm -hmm. like when are you gonna have kids people would ask or why haven't sometimes people say well why haven't you had a baby yet you've been Mm -hmm. married a few years why haven't you had a baby you know and you're like uh like sword to the heart (laughs) knife to the heart you know like that's what that Mm -hmm. feels like and so the, it's kind of easy to have a funny response like, like, well, I'm trying, you know, or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing what it takes every day or like, right. cause that kind of 
puts people off, whatever, which like, okay, that's funny. But actually like if they're actually just trying to be interested, like that's not actually kind on my, Mm -hmm. my part. Like it's one thing to, to be able to be vulnerable enough to like admit that that's a difficult question to answer. Mm -hmm. And you don't even, it's not even always someone you're going to tell your whole story to, like you're saying, you don't have to tell your whole story to someone, but I feel like I was able to kind of learn how to answer that like kindly Mm -hmm. and say something more like more like we would really like to but you know god hasn't blessed us like that yet or something like Mm -hmm. rather than i don't know i think you would know your own attitude i guess too and i definitely had times where i was kind of snarky with that and then Mm -hmm. i think that i have i think i kind of realized like actually People don't mean it so offensively. Mm-hmm. And I so, think you could choose how to take it. <laughs> interestingly enough, I think that that kind of question also, we have to remember that it is across the board, right? Sure. So somebody may be asking that question to us. Mm. Women that have lots of children get all kinds of really, you totally. know, great questions about how, do you know how that happens? Do you, you know, did you mean to have this many kids? Like I've heard some pretty awful doozies going the other way right and that can be so Mm -hmm. so one thing to like keep in mind is it's not like people aren't pinpointing infertile women to make feel bad (laughs) right Um, that this just people are not always discerning they're not always they they if it's something that they've never experienced they yeah they don't even have the bandwidth to identify that that's something out there that could cause a problem or be hurtful And so educating can be really helpful. I know for a while I got to the place where I would just respond when people would ask. I would respond by saying, we'd love to have kids. You can pray for that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the good part is when we did have a miracle pregnancy, then, you know, 11 plus years later, um, there were so many people that told me like, oh, I've been praying all these years. Well, Mm -hmm. praise the Lord. You know, it's so so awesome that they have. But for me, I did start. I haven't had 10 tons of questions because I started sharing about infertility pretty early on and I shared publicly about it. So that kind of, there was enough people that knew they are, they are helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and that's one of the reasons why I do encourage people, like, even if you're more private than I am, Mm -hmm. um, because the Lord has very different places for all of us, right? It's not everyone's job to publicly teach on this. Mm -hmm. Right. But but even then, even if you're more private, being willing, like, I, I know I keep coming back to that word, but being willing to be vulnerable to say, like you said, like, yeah, we would really love that. Mm-hmm. We, we would love children. Yeah. We can't manufacture them, but you know, <laughs> right. It's not that, it's not that easy. I mean, people have, people say all sorts of things same, like, well, why don't you adopt? Mm. People don't, people are just the same, not educated. They don't know. It's, it's just not that easy right. at all. You know, it's not that easy and it doesn't fix the problem. <laughs> Right. Exactly. 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 So for me, when I, um, during my kind of journey of becoming more vulnerable about it and kind of realizing like, okay, this is, this is the position I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point where I did share about it, um, to my church family and, um, that was hard. You know, I can remember that Sunday and doing that. And it was, I don't know if I cried, but it was difficult for me. Um, but I feel like it was very, 
just exactly what you're saying. It was very good. Like, because then those are people that I'm in relationship with. I see, you know, on a weekly basis and Mm -hmm. for them to a all at once to know then Mm -hmm. if people hadn't asked, I don't remember having, I don't really remember having a bunch of rude comments from my church family or anything like that. But like if they hadn't asked, but wondered, then everyone knew. Yeah. And then I, that did change. I didn't, I didn't have questions then like that, you know? And so that was helpful to kind of, because, well, just saying myself, like, I wonder, right. I wonder when I see, you know, people like, I don't feel like everyone has to have children. I don't, I don't think that that's a need to, I think it's totally fine even to choose Mm -hmm. not to that's between you and the Lord. Like that's not Mm -hmm. mine to say whether that's good or bad, but I'm curious if I see someone that's, been married seven years like I'm very aware that they don't have children and I'm like and it's it's curious to me you know are they are they not able to do they not want to what's going on there are Mm -hmm. they waiting are they you know all those things so like I totally understand it being like like oh that's interesting they don't have kids because a lot of people that is kind of a natural thing that happens mm-hmm. in the, in the church and out. Like, right. it's not like, yeah, it's absolutely. a lot of people. There are people, but they're kind of the outlier, the people that choose not to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but again, no, that's not necessarily my business. And because of my experience, I don't generally ask that question. Right. Because, yeah, because of what we're talking about. But I think another thing is that like, personality somewhat plays into it also Mm -hmm. like for me you know I think I think there can be both there's probably a side of it for certain people where like talking about it is kind of healing and it is Mm -hmm. they want to talk about it they want to share about it where for me like I didn't always and maybe it just changes and depends on where you're at in your journey but like I didn't always want to answer questions or mm-hmm. talk about it. So a telling kind of publicly was helpful because everyone got the same information at the same time, yeah. but also like, yeah, you don't always want to, and you don't have to either. You don't have to share those feelings with everyone. I think the point is what we're saying is mm-hmm. it's good to be vulnerable in certain places for sure. But I think it's okay to not be ready to do that exactly too. And I think mm-hmm. that it's, we have to, what am I trying to say? Yeah. Like I think that there's also points where like, you don't, you said, I guess, but you don't have to tell your whole story to everyone. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be that, oh, just because I'm struggling with this, then everyone has to know exactly what I'm thinking. What I would I'm going say through. that you, you do need to tell your story to someone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and maybe that's, that's kind of the key, like how it looks may yeah. depend completely on personality and position and what's going mm-hmm. on in your life. Um, but it definitely, it's, it's not it, within the body. It's not okay to suffer and have other people in the body hurting you. Right. And nobody having any idea. And yet then in your mind, judging them for it. Right. Exactly. Yep. So don't do that. Right. You're poisoning (laughs) yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, for sure. Being willing and and asking the Lord, like if you're in that place where you've kept quiet and it's very hard for you to speak about, I would encourage you to 
seek the Lord on that. Say like, okay, where do I need to be more vulnerable? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I know some women that it actually starts with just telling their husbands for real where they are, which we talked a little bit in the Mm -hmm. marriage episode, but like that's, that's a good beginning. And sometimes working with your husband, a lot of times, um, yeah, you got two people in your marriage. You guys can work together on this and you can, and share, um, somehow with someone within the body so that you're not alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually kind of leads me to another really big part of relationships that I, um, I say this a lot. I've shared at different times, but it is a little more, what is, I'm trying to think of what the word is. It's a little more, um, like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's going to be a calling out, I guess, of something within women who have whatever struggle you have, whether it is you have lots of children or whether you have no children um, or whatever other place you might deal with it. Um, But envy is a really big thing, right? So Mm -hmm. when I started looking at my heart when it came to infertility and my relationships, a core problem that I had was actually envy, right? Like looking, it wasn't that I minded, I'm going to use Augie again since she's here. Perfect. (laughs) It was not that I minded that August had children, right? The children are a gift. They're wonderful. I don't mind that she had children, but my issue, if, if, or when I had an issue with August, it was going to be rooted in the fact that I was envious of the fact that Augie just got pregnant just like that. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And I didn't. And so I needed to deal with envy and envy is actually a sin. Right. And this is a really hard thing because partly because infertility is a struggle. It is difficult. Like I want to always be compassionate. I want people to have compassion for me, right? When I'm going through this and I want to be compassionate to those who are also going through it. But I'm also not going to lie. If you're sinning, then you have to deal with your sin, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so envy is I would say the root problem in most broken relationships that are dealing with this kind of subject. Mm-hmm. And and maybe not and if it's not for you that's okay, but my encouragement to people is is to look honestly at yourself and why you don't want to work through the relationship with somebody like oh, you know, they're hurting you, they're saying things you don't want to hear another pregnancy announcement, whatever, you know, so you back off from that relationship, but is the root of it actually, because there's a part of your heart that is envious. And if there is that's sin and scripture is actually really clear about what you, and this is the good part. Like I always like kind of back off from looking at somebody and being like, that's sinful about something in your life because mm-hmm. I don't want to be, and I'm not just pointing fingers. I'm, I'm saying this is me. This is what I've had to deal with. I've dealt with in the past. And I've had to deal with, I'm sure I will deal with in the future even mm-hmm. for that matter, right? Right. Um, but sin, the good news about identifying that something is sin, like it's not a condemnation. It's good news because we know what to do with sin. Right. Right. Take care of it. Right. Exactly. Get rid like of we it. Know, we know that Jesus came. Like we know that there is freedom from it. We are not bound by it in any way. So identifying that something is sinful is actually the very first step in being totally free from it. Mm-hmm. And so um, in James 3.14, there's a, yeah, 
there's a conversation that James is having with the church about what to do with sin. And he gives this list a little bit later. I mean, he talks about envy, actually. I'm sorry, James 3.14. He specifically lists some sins and envy is one of them, mm. right? And then a little bit later in James 4, he gives an instructions, like a list of instructions of what to do with sin. We know this, but I'm going to go over it because I need the reminder. And so yeah. um, the very first thing is you submit yourself to God, right? Mm. You submit yourself to identifying that that's sin because God says it's sin, right? Yep. God is God, not you. <laughs> and so if it's wrong, it's wrong. So you submit yourself to God, you resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's it's a, an instruction and a promise with it, right? Mm-hmm. That you say, I don't want that. No, 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 no. That's that's not okay right. with me. The, the enemy will have to flee. And it says you come near to God and he will come near to you. Again, an instruction with a promise with it that you go to the Lord saying, Lord, this has been here. I don't want it there. I'm resisting it. I need you. Right? Yeah. And then it says specifically, it says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, which means like, like let it go. Let it out. Let the Lord cleanse you. Like mm-hmm. that's what Jesus came for. And so if... If you look at your life and envy is really a problem and it's there, face off with it. Right. Don't don't excuse yourself for it. No matter what loss that you've gone through, sin is still sin, right? Yeah, and I think so, that's such a good good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you've you've got to deal with it, but it's totally dealable, right? Like this isn't like you've got to deal with that. You're oh, not, we don't know how. Right, you're not doomed. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We know how. We know, you know. The Lord is so good. He comes so close to us and he walks us through these things. And and um, I guess one thing I didn't say, and I will go ahead and just identify really quick. Um, let me pull this up here. Is specifically what envy is. And there is like hmm. the, the definition of envy. Just if you're not sure if that's really your root thing. It's a feeling or desire that sours due to the influence of sin. Or another way of explaining it is the jealousy that negatively energizes someone with an embittered mind. So basically, if you if you have in a relationship and your relationship is souring, envy may very well be the the root of it, right? Right. And so in every relationship, you may be doing some things, they may be doing some things, right? They may be insensitive, they may be not knowing, they may be not caring, I don't know. But you can't do much about what somebody else is doing, but you can identify your own roots, your own things, and be healed of that. And the thing that I think is amazing is that most of my relationships, I had, I didn't have a lot that I feel like envy took over, but there were a couple relationships that it was an actual thing that I needed to deal with. Like mm-hmm. I was feeling very much like I wanted to avoid that person. I didn't want to be around them because of painful things. And when I identified that envy was the root of it and dealt with that, they may or may not have changed how they spoke to me, how they interacted with me. But because I changed and I didn't have the embitterment of sin in my heart, mm-hmm. my ability to have grace for them, like, just exploded. 
Like I, I think of one person in particular that I remember having, and this actually had to do with comments about adoption, which is a whole nother thing. (laughs) But this person just made some comments about adoption that were very difficult and not actually negative. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like I'm not, um, they actually commented about how wonderful my adopted kids were. (laughs) So it wasn't bad, but because of the struggles that we were having with um, attachment things, it felt like condemnation to me. Like I wasn't because I was struggling that I wasn't a good mom basically is -hmm. what it felt like. And I know that's a totally different subject, but it was still ended up. I had some things in my heart that I needed to deal with. And when, when that sin was in my heart, my ability to have grace for that person was like at zero. Like I was so irritated and so annoyed. And so like, I didn't want to be around them. I didn't want anybody else around them. (laughs) Like, and when I dealt with my own heart things, which was a little bit of honestly, like, and this is how the enemy works, right? He gets these little in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I, in my heart, I was thinking like, what would you know? Because all of your kids came easy and all of your kids are, are whatever. You have good relationships with all your kids and you don't understand about attachment. And it's, and I kind of just like, it started out with maybe some true things, but like they go downhill really, they sour, Right. And the envy that I realized is I was envious that it looked like it came easy to her and I'm fighting to help my kids attach to me, right? That, you know, she just had her babies and they attached to her. And so it was very easy, but that was envy. That was a sin on my part. The truth Mm. is, I don't know if anything changed on her side at all. I don't know. What I do know is that on my side, everything changed when I confessed that sin and dealt with it before the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I have so much grace. Of course she wouldn't know. Of course, like attachment things are just this huge subject matter that if your life doesn't, isn't affected by them, like how would you know? Right. Right? Like I do not feel. And since then, actually, that's something I'm so thankful for because since then there have been lots of comments by people or questions again, like we said, it's not just infertility. There can be all these different places. People Mm -hmm. got questions out of curiosity. They just wonder whatever. And I've just had just abundant grace for people. I don't get offended when somebody asks about adoption things anymore. And I don't get offended when somebody asks about infertility things, but it's because of, and it's not that I won't either, mind you, but I know when I am, there may be something I need to be dealing with. And that's, and it's not even that I think it's all okay. Sometimes I think people are really nosy and there's been times I've said, actually that story is not any of your business, (laughs) right? Right. As nicely as I can, right? Especially when it comes to adoption, which I said, again, is another subject, but it all intertwines, right? Like totally, at least in my life, it all intertwines. Right. (laughs) I think it is, that is a good point to say that just because we're talking about this and just because we're talking about being vulnerable and sharing and all that, like, yeah, it doesn't mean you can come to kindness. You can Mm -hmm. come in kindness and answer. Actually, that's not something we share. Yes. About, or actually that's not something I'm comfortable talking about. Like that's really hard to say. Yeah. At least for me, like, and I think that it's maybe hard because we can lean towards like codependent sometimes where we're getting, we're getting something out of like sharing our stuff a little bit or something. But yeah, actually like we need to be able to like be confident in saying those things. I think sometimes. So it's both. Absolutely. So really like kind of the overview of this 
is just, just in case you got lost in some of our conversation, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that um, relationships matter. And it's important that we maintain them even when our lives look different, like within Mm -hmm. specifically within the kingdom, within the body of Christ. Like we need to um, be able to hear each other. We need to be able to listen. And someone who has different experiences still needs the right to be able to speak into our life because the Lord may be using them for that. And we need to be open to that. Mm -hmm. Um, If envy is a problem, confess it, deal with it and be vulnerable, be willing to be vulnerable, I guess. Uh, don't have um, shut off parts of your life from everybody. Make sure that you are letting somebody in. Make sure that you are allowing the body of Christ to walk with you because if you're not allowing them to and so they're not and then you're upset and lonely and hurting alone, you can't blame them for that. If right. they, don't, they don't know, they can't right. walk with you. So I think that's the biggest encouragement when it comes to relationships like those are the three big things in my mind anyway that change all of our experience within the body of Christ when we are willing to face off and deal with those things. Right. Yep. It's worth it. Absolutely. It's worth, it's worth the work because yeah. it is work a lot of times mm-hmm. working with different people, different personalities, different life stories, situations. But I think it is it is worth it. And God is the one who who set out that in motion yes not just in families but other relationships too yes absolutely and yeah it's definitely definitely valuable um going back to the what you were saying just about listening to other people and all of that is that Mm -hmm. even if they aren't in the same situation like i feel like all through the bible you know god talks about learning from people that are older but also learning from people that are younger and Mm -hmm. Like it says in the first chapter of James that God gives, like we can ask for wisdom and he gives generously to all without finding fault. And I think Mm -hmm. that we can, we can find wisdom from other people and it's so, it's just important to do that. I know I'm just kind of repeating what you said, but I just think it is like the person without children, the single person, the younger person, the just because mm-hmm. someone hasn't experienced the exact same things, it's so good to be willing to hear. Yeah. You know, and I would even humility, say, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I would say that some of the places that I have been the most encouraged in my walk with the Lord are the places that I would have expected it the least. Mm-hmm. Right. That the Lord often used the weakest and the, just the, odd thing that you wouldn't expect Mm -hmm. and he speaks through that specifically to show us that it's him right that he's meeting us because Mm. yeah we we need that we need to have humility like lady said to be able to recognize that the lord can use anything and anyone and we need to be open to hearing yep for sure yeah so we have a few more minutes i think it might be interesting to transition a little bit and talk about just some of the practical mm-hmm. um, things that can happen when it comes to relationships and infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that came to mind f- to me is that um, when you're friends with somebody who is facing infertility or struggling with that, like, and you get pregnant or you have a exciting, you know, a joyous thing, um, don't leave us out. 
Yes. We don't, I think that because it's hard to navigate and because we don't always know, Mm -hmm. I think that in trying to do that, if you're the person, you know, say you're pregnant, you're, you're just trying to be thoughtful, which Mm -hmm. I can totally, you know, recognize that, that it, that can feel difficult. How do I tell my friend? Right. I will, I will say, um, a couple of years ago when my son was born, I, I struggled with that, my own self with Tasha. Mm -hmm. Now, Tasha at that point had had, was five years into like children and she had two children, Mm -hmm. but I knew that her desire to also have, you know, a newborn baby. Right. So yeah, to clarify that for anyone who might be listening, I had adopted two eight-year-olds at different points. They were not both, they're not the same age, but they both happened to be eight when when they came home. (laughs) And, um, and Lighty was adopting too. So this is all adoption related. Right. And you were adopting, but you adopted a newborn. You went to the hospital, actually stayed in the hospital some with him. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and brought him home from the hospital. And so that was just a recognizing on your side that you were experiencing something you knew that I longed to experience. Right. And so feeling that tension right in it like right. how do i, I say was, this how do i share it in a way that's encouraging or exciting but not not right. to make me feel bad right right and i knew that tasha would be rejoicing with me i knew that she was going to be thrilled like i knew that she wouldn't hold that back from me but mm-hmm. i knew that she was probably going to you know probably have to have a good cry after we hung up likely, you know? Mm -hmm. And now the tricky part on God to all of that (laughs) was that you, did you know yet though? I did not know for sure. She was pregnant and didn't know she was right. That was right at the same time. Like a week later she was giving me an announcement. So God is just cool like that to do things like that. He wouldn't have had to do that timing, but it was just kind of nice to us. Yes. (laughs) But, because of my own situation, like I could recognize that like, Hey, this is hard, but I knew that it wasn't that she would want me not to tell her. Right. She would still want to. Now I didn't video it. Like I did some people Mm -hmm. because I knew that it could be a little bit of a hard thing. And it, it, that's the thing. I think it just points out so much. Like it's both. Right. It can be both Like, like, yeah, that, you're like extremely happy for that person, but it's okay to feel your own pain in that yes. and what the, what that means. And I think that mm-hmm. for the person giving the announcement that they are expecting to someone who they know is struggling, recognizing, giving grace to the, for lack of a better term, the infertile um, friend that giving grace to them that they're, they probably are going to mourn some, but it's not that they are mourning the fact that you're having a baby. Right. It's that they're mourning the fact that they're not. Right. (laughs) Right. And so giving them a little space for that. And then also, yeah, for everyone involved to know that, like you said, you can feel both things at the same time. Yeah. You can feel the rejoicing and the excitement and the sorrow and sadness of your own loss. Yeah. And so both those things. And I know, so I've heard from different people on this subject because there is, um, like I said, tension. Sure. And how do you share with someone? And one thing I've heard several people I say, like you guys and are I don't enviously, know. enviously looking at my food. 
<laughs> um, August thinks since she's pregnant, she can just eat during a podcast. Sorry, I was speaking doing, of it does speaking look of people. No, it does look delicious. <laughs> I will let I will let you have a bite when this episode's over. <laughs> Um, but no, one thing that I've heard from a lot is that they desire a lot of infertile women because of that struggle and that tension. It is very helpful to them if someone will like call and let them know or send them a message before they announce it somewhere. Right. So that they're not taken off guard. And yes, I don't I've had know very that was, thoughtful friends do that. Yeah. And that is something you can kind of keep in mind, specifically like there's going to be pregnancy announcements that take you off guard and that's life. And on the like the side of those of us who can't just have kids, we've got to learn how to handle that. For sure. Uh, but if it's a very close friend, there is something there's also something intimate and special about someone calling you and being like, hey, I want you to know this ahead of time. <laughs> so that you um yeah I just want you to know I know this is hard I know this subject can be hard yeah. we're excited and I know that you're going to rejoice with me but I also know that it's hard and so just so you have this information and being able to process it a little bit before you're around people because I think that's a lot of times the place that um is a struggle is being in front of someone while you're processing something that is good and hard at the same time mm -hmm. Some people totally. Yeah. That makes right. Sense. And you don't want the other people even to downplay it. Like, so yeah, in the situation of like an announcement being made, I guess at least the way my personality is like, I don't want like a big deal to be made of like, it would be, I wouldn't like maybe the person making the announcement to like also announce that it's hard for me. It's fine for my best friend to you know shoot me a little look that says hey like I know you're rejoicing but like I know this is hard but I don't need like a big I don't necessarily want to somehow end up the center of attention in that moment because people know that it's hard right it's one thing for it to be hard and like in my own heart like okay maybe but I don't the last thing that I would want is to like over like for my grief to overtake that person's joy right because right. rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn like in that moment like i want to rejoice too i don't yep. want to be like i don't want the person then to to downplay their rejoicing on a day that i'm having a hard day that's not an announcement then mourn with me yes right even if you're pregnant even if you're about to be pregnant even if whatever yep. then yes you can cry with me you can you know right. recognize my pain but in that day like I don't want that just feels almost yucky like no yeah. I don't want my grief to overwhelm right. that joy like give me let me give me the opportunity to be joyful and again like you're my best friend or my sister and you squeeze my hand because you're just saying hey you know hey I know this is hard but good let's rejoice with our friend together that's what I want. Yeah. I actually, I have a friend that did that so well for me. One time we were in a group of people and we found out that somebody had a baby and it was really exciting, but we hadn't known. We had, Actually, this was an adoption story, not even a, a birth story, but someone had adopted a baby while, and this was while I had no children at all. And I was very excited for them. I was so excited for them. But we're in this group and my friend just kind of slid around the back of the group and just came and put her arm around me just quietly. Right. Like nobody else even knew that it was taking place. Right. And that was 
absolutely because it it was like I was so excited for them and immediately following that was a lot of like it was a surprise sometimes the surprises are the worst right and so that's like it hit me right away she was there she put an arm around me it wasn't a big deal it we didn't even talk about it right she never said a word and we just went on I love that and it was so like like that was in my mind the Lord's presence in my grief right I didn't yeah. I didn't need words yeah. from anybody yeah so it was good. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think just taking these, I think like we're not going to do it perfectly because you know what? My personality is different than yours and your personality is different than mine. And we're not going to exactly perfectly be able to support that um, other people. And maybe we don't you know, maybe someone else doesn't understand that where you're at, but I can remember another particular time, um, you know, on the first episode I shared kind of our story a little bit and I had a, I had a point where I had to kind of come to the vulnerable place. Like I had to learn to like show my vulnerability. And so up until this time, I I didn't really struggle with people with pregnancy announcements or babies being born or baby showers or any of that. Like some people do who are in the midst of infertility, but, um, it kind of caught me off guard. A, a baby shower that I was at, it kind of, it was the first time that it was kind of hard for Mm me. And it was, um, it was the baby shower of a very close friend. So I was by no means like we're saying by no means was I upset that they were having a baby shower. I was thrilled. (laughs) Um, but it kind of surprised me that it was hard. And so when a close friend came over to me and said, I don't know if I made a face, I don't know how they knew, you know, but said, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not. And she just took me real quick into a closet at at the house that we were, um, we were at, actually, this is sort of a funny story. So she just took me in just quick. And I said, I didn't know this would be hard. I surely don't want this to be hard. This is one of my best friends. I don't want her to feel like I'm, I don't want, you know, again, I don't want my grief clouding her joy of a day. Um, and she said, yeah, right. Okay. So we just went in the closet and she just prayed for me. And mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. just beautiful moment of just the Lord again, same mm-hmm. blessing and friendship. And, um, the best part of the story is, well, not the best part, but the funny part of the story is we were like in the house that we are at was like also a close person to me and we were in their bedroom in the closet and they came in and tried to get something out of the closet and we were standing in the closet like crying <laughs> oh, so and they're like, oh, sorry. And I think I told, I told later what was going on, but either way, it's always like a funny, like a funny memory, but also just like just an example to me of, and then I, I went out, I enjoyed the shower. You know, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't, it didn't have to leave because I was supported in that moment, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, I know I've had, um, it, it, this has happened to me. And then I've also been the one caring for people. I always say there's a lot of infertility ministry happens in the, the bathroom at church. Yeah. (laughs) because once something takes you by surprise a lot of times of course especially if we're in a public place you know you just go to the bathroom really quick and there have been times that I have been crying in the bathroom and somebody has come and just prayed for me 
Um, sometimes people that knew what was wrong and sometimes people that didn't have any idea. They just saw that I had tears and prayed for me. Mm. And there have been many, many times now, especially I think because I've shared publicly about infertility that I have walked into a church bathroom and somebody has been crying and they've been like, Tasha <laughs> and, mm. and shared with me, which I'm so thankful for. This is, that's what the body is for. Right. And it keeps it, um, being able to help someone navigate that just quietly in the background is very valuable. So absolutely looking for opportunities and, and knowing that if it's okay, if you don't have words, it's okay to just pray for the Lord's presence and the Lord's grace and for miracles. (laughs) Right. Like, absolutely. Right. I think even just, yeah, even just your friend putting their arm around you and giving you a little squeeze, like, as the as the outsider again kind of looking in on this like yeah it it's the same like when someone dies or whatever mm-hmm. like you don't know what to say mm-hmm. but to be there and to care in whatever way right absolutely i mean it's not whatever way it's some, it's a lot of times is just the silence and just the just the being present right yeah. just being, being there present yeah showing absolutely. the person that you care enough about their pain to be there absolutely absolutely so yeah good stuff i feel like yeah we could go on with examples and whatever probably all day but i hope that yeah i hope you got out something out of all of this and i just think with every single part it's just good to remember that god is working god is moving and Mm -hmm. he there is growth on yeah. all sides right. of pain and if we're willing to if we're willing to look for it it is there and it is we can be drawn closer to the lord which is the ultimate goal and mm-hmm. i think it's so good and yeah i guess i just appreciate my friendships and the people that have um surrounded me as i've can as I've navigated this journey and continue to navigate it. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, appreciate the people that have said things and the people that in the right timing have not said things. Absolutely. (laughs) And yeah, so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How's your lunch, Augie? What's good about today? What's good about today, Augie? This calzone, man. (laughs) Gotta love when there's leftovers. It's the best. I have a lot of leftovers in my fridge right now. <clears throat> Why? It happens sometimes. Yeah. Wait, are is we, that are we really? Doing? Is that really your good about today? I don't know. Right now, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> as I was as I was sitting here and I was thinking about like who else might be hungry, and then I was like. Why am I starting to feel so like kind of fidgety and kind of like uncomfortable? And then I was like, oh, it's because I'm hungry. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, what's good about today for me is that my BFF Brianna's in town. Oh, I'm happy about that. I didn't know that. Now I do. Now you do. She is. Surprise. Did you bring her home? I did not. <laughs> oh. However, There's been a lot I of heard back you and were forth. there yesterday. <laughs> There's randomly. a lot of back and forth from Jasper to Lava. I was actually, I was, I was thinking, I was 
going to laugh when you said it's your BFF, Brianna. And I was like, so am I allowed to say my good about today is that my sister-in-law, Brianna, is in oh, town? Oh, one-up me, uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, actually, my good about today, I was just down at my sister-in-law, Brianna's, who lives a few hours away. Because my husband is working out of town, and he does not usually work out of town. I keep my husband close by. <laughs> Where does that accent come from? She I just, don't know. She just flipped into know. an it accent. August, out. did you catch that? <laughs> a little bit. She's southern when she's talking about her husband being out of town. I guess so. I don't know. She doesn't like him I being do. out of town. She likes to keep him close by. <laughs> <laughs> I did live a good portion of my childhood in the South. So it's true. I, you know, it may be. It may come a little bit natural. Anyways, no, he is working out of town, which. He doesn't normally do. And it is a little bit hard on our family sometimes. That's one thing with attachment things. Um, Our middle child has just, yeah, he's had some struggles. And when there's change, it's very hard for him. That's all that I'm saying with that. And um, he, we didn't know how it was going to go. Because usually if dad leaves for a little while, it's really rough. And I just had the good about today is that we were able to go down and visit my husband yesterday. And now today, my son is doing really well. We just had a really good morning. Had, yeah, he was super helpful. He came walking through at one point and was like, well, I got to take care of this mom because I'm the man of the house. (laughs) It was so cute. (laughs) I love it. And so he, yeah. I'm just so thankful. That's such, it's such growth. And I love seeing the Lord working in my children Mm -hmm. and in the process of him working in my children, he works a lot in me. (laughs) Yeah. And so that is an excellent thing about today. I love it. All right. Come back next week. We'll be talking more on this subject. Can't wait. See you then. Have a good day. Have a good day.